Welcome to Dwell in the Word from First Reformed Church in Edgerton, Minnesota. Bible readings and devotional commentary to help you grow in faith by dwelling in God's Holy Word. This is Dwell in the Word for April 12th. That is a Wednesday, and seeing that is a Wednesday, we are in Fount of Heaven for our opening prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, you have created all things perfect and nothing imperfect. To you, no creature is ugly. You have created them with your divine order, peace, and harmony. I call to you everything that can love, loves you, both those that know what they love and those that do not know what they love. I call to you who have created all creatures very good, without any evil, you who will not completely show yourself to any except the pure in heart. For you are the Father of truth, the wisdom of the true, and highest life, and the highest life of blessing. You are the highest good, the highest brightness. You are the Father of the Son who has awakened us, and who still brings us to life from the sleep of our sins, and who bids us come to you. Amen. Okay, we are in Isaiah chapter 62 today. We are going to be reading from verse 1 through the end of the chapter, which is verse 12. Hear the word of the Lord. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent, and for Jerusalem's sake I will not be quiet, until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a burning torch. The nations shall see your righteousness and all the kings your glory, and you shall be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. You shall be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord, and a royal diadem in the hand of your God. You shall no more be termed forsaken, and your land shall no more be termed desolate, but you shall be called, My delight is in her and your land married, for the Lord delights in you, and your land shall be married." For as a young man marries a young woman, so shall your sons marry you. And as the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. On your walls, O Jerusalem, I have set watchmen all the day and all the night. They shall never be silent. You who put the Lord in remembrance, take no rest and give him no rest until he establishes Jerusalem and makes it a praise in the earth. The Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm. I will not again give your grain to be food for your enemies, and foreigners shall not drink your wine for which you have labored. But those who garner it shall eat it and praise the Lord, and those who gather it shall drink it in the courts of my sanctuary. Go through, go through the gates, prepare the way for the people, build up, build up the highway, clear it of stones, lift up a signal over the peoples. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And they shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. And you shall be called, sought out, a city not forsaken. Here we once again see what God is going to do for his people. We have been seeing this story over and over again throughout the book of Isaiah, haven't we? And here as we come to the end of the book, we're getting closer and closer. We're seeing this once again. We see words of judgment followed by words of salvation. And here we have this idea that this salvation is coming to Jerusalem, that this city that has been laid desolate is now going to prosper. And we see that the nations are going to see this righteousness of this city. Even the kings of the earth are going to see it, and they'll be calling it by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will give. This is a declaration of who they are, that this is going to change. And what has been the name before? We see this in verse 4. You shall no more be termed forsaken. 
and your land shall no more be termed desolate. This is what they have been called. It, it looks like God has forsaken them, right? And in fact, he had not ultimately forsaken them, but he had come to them and allowed them to be punished. He had allowed this all to happen. And so it seemed as though, hmm, God doesn't care about you anymore. But the truth was, is that he was acting in judgment. He was acting in discipline towards his people. But here is this new name that Isaiah is saying will be upon them. But you shall be called, my delight is in her and your land married. The idea here is this imagery of a spouse and another spouse coming together, being married, being brought together, being treasured, being valued. And we see this in the word where it says, for the Lord delights in you and your land shall be married. They are being brought back together. God, the faithful one, is bringing back the unfaithful one. This we have seen throughout the book of Isaiah, right? This isn't the first time we've had this imagery. And as this happens, We see that this is all because of the promise of God, because God is faithful to his people. Notice verse 8, the Lord has sworn by his right hand and by his mighty arm, I will not again give your grain to be food for your enemies, and foreigners shall not drink your wine for which you have labored. God is saying that he is the one who is going to make sure that this new state of affairs takes place. It's by his work, his mighty arm, and he is making this promise. This is what will happen. We've seen this throughout the book of Isaiah, that God is the one who is going to do this. And it's not just for the people of Israel. It's not just for the people of Judah. It's not just for Jerusalem. It is a witness to the nations. We see this in verses 11 and 12. Behold, the Lord has proclaimed to the end of the earth, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your salvation comes. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. And then they have a new name, right? They shall be called the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord, and you shall be called sought out, a city not forsaken. These are great names for the people of God, right? Holy, they are set apart. They are the redeemed. God has bought them. He has brought them back himself. And not only this, he sought them out. They didn't go to him. He sought them out. And now this final four-word phrase, a city not forsaken. They are not going to be forsaken anymore. They are going to be remaining in the blessing of God. And so as we look at this, we, we know that this is true of who God was speaking to at that time, but it's also true as those who are now the people of God. We know that we are a holy people. We are set apart. We know that we are the redeemed of the Lord. He has bought us back, and we know that we've been sought out. It it wasn't because we went looking for God. It's because he sought us out. He brought salvation to us. We never would have done this on our own because we were dead in our sin. We needed him to come and buy us back. We needed to be sought out. And we also see that we are a city not forsaken. We are a people that God does not forsake. In fact, he keeps us. Why? Because he is the one who has bought us. He is the one who has brought us to faith. And he keeps us. He keeps his promises. And we have the truth of this in God's word. And the truth that he is the one who has given us his faith. And he keeps us by his Holy Spirit that indwells us. So may we remember these titles that we have for us. These titles for the people of God in Isaiah are true of us. Holy people, redeemed, sought out, and we are a people who are not forsaken. Let's close up with a word of prayer. 
Triune God, for the sake of your great name, we cannot be silent, for you have brought your people the great gift of salvation. May your righteousness go forth as brightness and your salvation as a burning torch. For we know that we are not a forsaken people, but a people that has been delivered by your grace. Grant that we would proclaim the truth of your salvation to the ends of the earth, that Christ might receive the glory for what he has done in rescuing a people for his own possession. Today we again remember the missionaries supported by our congregation. We lift up those who serve both domestically and internationally. Specifically, we offer our prayers for the ministry of Mission E4 in Haiti, asking that their witness would be strengthened as they care for the communities that they serve, and that they would be emboldened to spread the good news of Jesus. As we journey into your world today, we ask for the perseverance to remain steadfast in our faith in the Lord. May our lives serve as a testament to the great love and mercy that you have shown us in Jesus. We pray all of these things in his most holy name. Amen. All right, that has us through 62. We'll be on to 63 on Friday. We will see you then. Thank you for joining us for Dwell in the Word. To learn more about First Reformed Church, head on over to our Facebook page or website, edgertonfrc.org. 